0: It's the Braincast!
1: Braincast! The Pop break Dot! Everybody, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers Podcast, where we look at the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. I am your host, Aaron Sarnecki, and I am joined like I always am by my brother Josh Sarnecki. Say hi, Josh. Hey, howdy hey, how's it going? I was kind of hoping you were gonna say hi, Josh, or something like that. Maybe <laughs> maybe next time. I'll I'll keep that one stored away. Okay. Well, anyway, uh This is, we're coming up close to the end of the year This is um, our November podcast It's sort of hard to believe we're already there Um, This year is rapidly coming to a close
0: Thank goodness Yeah
1: um, Today we will be talking about the very first Toy Story Which came out 25 years ago um, In November uh, twenty second I believe uh 1995 does it feel like it's been that long um me I mean
0: this movie has been around for as long as I can remember so right and we'll it's, talk it's about that in a
1: second right yeah so this is the, the first first toy story came out in 1995 uh Maybe some of you listening might be like "I can't believe it's been that long, uh, especially probably if anybody who's older um I can only imagine their experience uh seeing this movie for the first time but um as we get into that um the seeing this movie the first time uh i'll I'll open it to you unless you want me to go and no i can I can go for it okay. So,
0: I believe that this was the first movie that you and I had ever seen in theaters. We would have been three and a half at the time, so so pretty young, uh, definitely wouldn't have really been able to enjoy or really uh, take in much of the movie of uh, or movies in theaters before then. Um, and for the longest time, this was my. Um, my first memory, I, I don't know if it is or if it's just the thinking of it that has made it memory. So it's like a memory of a memory. Uh, but this was, you know, one of the earliest things that um, I remember us doing and enjoying. And uh, we loved this movie then. Um, I think it's fair to say that we continue to love this movie. And I remember... We probably watched the VHS of this more than twenty times, uh, just in our childhood alone. And then you know, between seeing Toy Story on Ice, uh meeting the characters at Disney World, all the the toys and merchandise, like we were we were pretty into Toy Story, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking uh about it as far as like media properties that really defined our childhood. Um, Toy Story was probably, honestly, when it came out at the top between that and probably Power Rangers until Pokemon came out. I mean, or Star Wars, b- mm. b- um, which would have been a couple years after this. But, um, I, I think even after like, say Star Wars, I think, Toy Story continued to be very dominating because even then the sequel came out, so there was more stuff for that too. And we were only five when that came out, so or no, seven, seven, yeah.
0: But yeah, so it yeah with the with the sequel having come out um, relatively soon after this, yeah, it definitely dominated our our childhoods Um, in the way that yeah I don't think anything else other than. Uh, probably Pokemon
1: or Star Wars did. Right. Uh, Yeah. um, So you're that's I definitely remember being at the theater myself. Uh, I don't really remember being in the theater watching the movie. I remember being outside the theater. I think actually after we'd already seen it. But OK. Yeah, it's one of my earliest memories, too uh yeah so um like you said i i also still love this movie uh 25 years later i mean i didn't i didn't think that was going to be a big surprise to be like i watching this movie now all of a sudden totally you know have a different perspective on it
0: if, if you had come into this podcast and told me that after rewatching this you hated this movie i would have been shocked and would have just hung up this call right away
1: yeah no uh Who are you and what have you done with my brother? Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, But I I guess uh, before we go into the elements of the movie, was there anything in particular rewatching it this time that stuck out to you? Um, I guess not going into like the individual details, like, uh, or did you just like were there things you picked up on more than the last time you had watched it?
0: I think the the two biggest things that stuck out to me, and I'm sure we'll get into these um, later, is one how the animation, which at its time was groundbreaking as the first full length animated feature film, um, is is still good. It definitely does not hold up as well compared to some of the other Pixar films uh, like Toy Story 2, um, but I still think it's it's good and it still um, deserves the recognition for being so groundbreaking. Um, so that's one thing, just how well the animation has aged. The other thing that I, I don't know why this never really sunk into me until more recently, um, but Woody is such a jerk in this movie. And it amazes me that he becomes such a lovable character throughout this series, even though he's so unlikable at some parts of this film.
1: Right, yeah. Um, those are two very good things uh, to bring up. Um, two things I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, but just talking about the story of Toy Story, uh, if you could just give us a brief breakdown of what the movie's all about. I'd be happy to. Um, so the film is about
0: a, a bunch of toys in the possession of a kid named Andy. And these toys are uh, actually living things, but they pretend to be um, inanimate when they're around people. Um, and this group of toys is led by Sheriff Woody, voiced by Tom Hanks. And he is the the favorite toy of Andy's um, until suddenly Andy gets a new toy, um, a Um, space ranger toy named Buzz Lightyear voiced by Tim Allen and once Buzz comes into the picture um, Woody gets increasingly jealous and throughout the movie it's about their uh, journey of learning to live with each other and then having to um, escape from a neighbor's home which is about a um, a series of, of horrors for a toy and so it's it's really all revolves around that relationship between Buzz and Woody.
1: Yeah, I think you've uh summarized it pretty well. Uh yes. nailed it. I mean, yeah, it's the only movie you've seen, you know, like you said, dozens of times.
0: This might be the movie I've seen the most. It's it's up there.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good question as far as movies you've seen the most. This would definitely be uh up there for for me as well. Um Yeah, so uh, anything about the plot of the story really stick out to you? Um, I mean, this movie kind of has... I don't know, do you you think you can split this movie into like parts? Oh, definitely.
0: And I think you can split it into parts so easily because of how it uses the different settings. Because very early on, it's all set in Andy's home. Um, and you get introduced to all the toys there and see um, woody's increasing jealousy of buzz and then the next part is all about their time trying to get back to um, andy's after they um, both find their way um, into the the wider world of a, a gas station and pizza planet um, and then finally you get them at Sid's house um, the next door neighbor and I think yeah, it's I I don't, I don't want to say like it's a clear three act structure, but it it comes close to it.
1: Right. Um, you think like for people watching this movie from the first came out, like I don't know what there's like a comparable plot like toys that are alive. Like I guess the closest analog I think could be like a talking animal movie like Babe. Which we talked about earlier.
0: I was gonna say small soldiers, but that's small soldiers came different. after this. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, that was like a dark Toy Story.
1: Yeah. Um, do you think like, and again, it's hard to say because you, like you said, you, like you said so many times. But do you think this movie does a good job? dropping you into the world of a toy for somebody who's never seen a movie um like this before specifically like a computer animated movie like do you think like this movie does a good job of getting people like a customer's like okay this is this is the deal like so it's not confusing for a viewer you know remember this movie has to work so that a child can understand it
0: yeah i think it does a an excellent job presenting that, um, idea because it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a, a complex idea, but it is, you know, one that if you're not familiar with the franchise and the concept that it, it just does take some, some getting used to of the idea that, um, children's toys are all alive. And when you're not around, they're doing all these things on their own.
1: Uh-huh. I think it helps that they have like the, what is it? The staff meeting at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just kind yeah, of like I, establish who who each character is, what their personality is uh what their eccentricities is um and just like yeah, what their job is, hmm. which leads into them uh surveying the uh the birthday party,
0: right. Yeah, and it it does a really good job letting you understand what the um like how the toys operate in that world. Like even when you have Sarge and the other toy soldiers going down to look at the party, Andy's birthday party, and figure out what's going on, what kind of toys are they getting, or it does is Andy getting, um, it does such a good job of showing, oh look if there's a person around, they pretend to be lifeless. Right. And I think, uh, be found out
1: that that scene is just a good example of the visual storytelling of the movie where you see him like parachute off and like they have a whole system of, you know, getting the baby monitor into the potted plant.
0: Yeah. It also, in terms of the visual guy, it's also really funny to see like Andy's mom step on one of the toy soldiers and thinking, of all the parents um, who have, you know, spent their time stepping on a toy, uh, especially a Lego, if it's like, how did this get here? It's like, well, this is how it got here. It's because right, the toys yeah. are walking around your house.
1: Uh huh. Right. Um, so yeah, um, going a little bit into the story, the the main conflict is Buzz and Woody. Uh, how would you? You describe their relationship as a rivalry, basically. It's sort of a rivalry though that I don't want to say it's one sided, but like Buzz is not aware that's a rivalry because he thinks he's a real Space Ranger. Not a toy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Doesn't understand the concept of being a toy.
0: Right. I'd say it's totally one sided, really, until (laughs) until Woody knocks Buzz out the window. That's a little bit more two-sided. Right. Um, But yeah, that is... Those are kind of like the two um, things that propel both of them forward, though. Like, yes, Woody's is that rivalry and that jealousy, but for Buzz, it's all about his inability to understand that he is not really a space ranger, that he is actually just a toy, um, a toy space ranger. Which is both a very funny concept for the movie to go into, but also s- somewhat surprising for uh, a kid's movie because it's so existential.
1: Yeah, sort of the similar to Babe that had, like, what is my purpose?
0: Yeah. And later, like, not to jump too far ahead, but later, like, Buzz has, like, a mental breakdown when he, like, finally realizes that he is not who he thought he was
1: right so yeah
0: i mean other than um that rivalry um thinking about that first part when they're at uh andy's house what what parts
1: stick out to you from that uh i i think it's sort of just um woody's efforts to either to prove buzz wrong or like there, obviously, there's the, the montage where it shows everything is changing. You know, all the cowboy stuff has been replaced with Space Ranger stuff in Andy's room. Mm. Uh, but just their first encounter, stuff like that. Um. Uh, it's like saying, like, you can't fly and stuff like that.
0: Right. And of course, then Buzz lucks out and shows that he can fly, sort of, uh, or as, as Woody puts it, falling with style. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that is like one of the perfect introductions to a character, um, like one of the most perfect introductions to a character that you can find because uh, it so quickly sets up the conflict and it so quickly gets you into both of their heads.
1: Right. Uh, Then he knocks him out the window. And I I know this is kind of diverging, but I don't know how I feel about the Wilhelm scream when Buzzfield falls out the window. (laughs) Yeah, I... If, If people don't know what the Wilhelm scream is, it's like that really exaggerated scream that they put in a lot of, uh movies you find it in like star wars like when like a stormtrooper is like getting shot uh it's in it's it's in so many movies you just have to type it up if you don't know what it is type it up and you'll be like oh that's what that is so it's yeah, i don't know, you it's, know what you're looking for it took it takes me it took me out of the movie a little bit even though i knew it was in it
0: i mean i think that happens anytime i hear it. anytime
1: now. the Wilhelm scream. screen yeah
0: one thing before we get out of um, the, the the first part in Andy's home, I guess I should um, – um, I forgot to mention in my plot summary is that they're actually not just returning to Andy's home, but uh, Andy and the toys are set to move um, to a new house. And so um, Woody and Buzz need to get back there before Andy and all the toys move. And so before they get stranded essentially.
1: Right, yeah. Um, and I think that was a smart addition by – they. It the plot doesn't need it, but it adds you know increases the stakes by having that time element.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely makes it a more dire situation, and it it increases the the scope a bit in a way that, considering how big the scope is in the sequels, I think is necessary.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I mean compared to the sequels, this is a pretty tiny movie. Right.
0: Like, if you think about the sequels, like, they're traveling all across the, the the town. They're, like, sometimes even getting into, like, entirely different cities, potentially. Right. Um, where this, the majority of the action just takes place in Andy's home and then in, in Sid's home, um, with a few places in between. But having the, the moving situation does help to...
1: You know, and that's really interesting, that. actually. I don't. You can't find that many movies. I feel like that have so few um, locations. Mm. Like, I mean, there are certain certain movies. Um, they're like, okay, yeah, this is, like, the one location. I can think of some Alfred Hitchcock movies, like, Rear Windows, like, mostly in this one apartment complex. But usually, like, movies tend to bounce around between a lot of locations. But, yeah. But, you know, this is, in some ways it's more akin to a TV show, which has, like, its established uh, settings and doesn't veer too far away from them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's almost like a, a toy box, sort of. Maybe I'm pulling that metaphor too far. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it it is it is very confined. And um I think that is helpful because it, it gives room for the the sequels to kind of branch out into the world and how these toys direct. Because really the focus of this this first film is all about um those characters and their interactions. And so I think. Adding too many more um, settings would kind of distract from that. Like Even thinking about Pizza Planet is such a a fun part of the movie, and it's so cool to see um, Buzz and Woody interact with other toys who don't realize that they're toys and don't understand what's going on. Um, But I feel like it could have easily gotten out of hand if they got to Pizza Planet and I don't know if they went to like a uh, a prize area where like they interacted with all like the toys you can get as like a prize for getting tickets or something like it, it could have gotten a lot more convoluted. But just keeping it solely focused on buzzing what are you trying to get to Andy um, really kept it nice and clean.
1: Yeah. And 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 one of the things about the story also is it's just so interesting to see all these places that a person would normally go from the perspective of a toy that's only like a few, you know, like two feet or whatever.
0: Right. Like especially with the gas station. That's a. Yeah. It's just like
1: it's like imagine being in a gas station under the car.
0: as there's a tire is coming right towards you. It's like, okay, this (laughs) no longer seems to be that fun to be a toy. Yeah. And it, it it does a lot with that. Even just when they're heading to pizza planet um, in the uh, delivery guy's car, (laughs) just like, wow, even being in a car is difficult as a toy. Right. It's like what he gets, totally um, smushed yes yeah, smushed by the, the i feel like box. there
1: are, are two or three instances where where woody gets like something falls on him
0: yeah Woody's a pretty uh pretty resilient toy i'd say he bounces back from a lot unlike bus who just falls once and does his arm breaks yeah so yeah i think from from there, I mean, ed, anything else about that that middle part that you really wanted to mention? Like, I guess I called the middle part, but that that time when they when it's Woody and Buzz trying to get back to Andy, um, and they're on the open. Uh,
1: not not in particular. Uh, just um. I know, it's like just like any part of the movie, kinda of like it the more you see of it, the more you can appreciate, you know, the animation. It's like it's like so it's like this is everything that they can do and stuff like that. Right.
0: But, Actually can I can I backtrack for one second?
1: Yeah. Cause I I realized I
0: mentioned that Woody knocks buzz out the window. But I, I feel like that is not necessarily giving woody enough credit or not speaking to the whole situation because it it's it starts because woody realizes he needs or he wants to get buzz out of the picture like he he wants um to be andy's favorite again and so his plan is actually just to knock buzz behind a dresser so that he'll be stuck there and can't be found um just like the the magic eight ball that falls behind the dresser um, but Woody's plan goes awry. And instead of falling behind the dresser, Buzz gets knocked out the window. So
1: it was I not mean, Woody's that, intention. I was going to say, is that much better though?
0: Well, I'm not sure. I,
1: do you think it is? Uh, it's, that's hard to say. He has him stranded, but at least he's not at Sid's house, but. Because in in one case, yes, he would be. If he stuck knocked, behind but the even dresser. if he knocked him out, like you don't think the toys could figure a way to get him out, right? Like he would have been stuck
0: behind the dresser. But I mean, we know toys can can talk in this. Like the Magic Eight Ball is not going to yell out for help; it doesn't have a face. But Buzz can talk, and he can ask for help if he needs to. Um, but you know, obviously Buzz survives falling out the window. Um. But the other toys seem to think that there's a real danger that Buzz may have died from falling out the window.
1: I guess, yeah. I mean, none of them have ever fallen out the window before.
0: Right. Or maybe not died, but like been seriously hurt. Like as we see later in the field, like Buzz is not indestructible. Like he he will break from from pretty uh tall drops. So I mean I I think it makes a difference. A little bit, because it it shows that Woody is not trying to kill Buzz in that sense. (laughs) He's not trying to kill him. Well, was it premeditated? Yes. Was there intent? Eh. It's
1: it's a little iffy. Remind me to never have you as my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that
0: Woody was not planning on doing that. Although I don't know if being stranded behind a dresser would have been much better.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean,
0: Buzz doesn't need to eat, right? I, don't I think guess not. They never,
1: they've never shown the toys have to eat. Yeah. That's true.
0: So He just would have been uh, slightly uncomfortable for... Forever. Forever.
1: <laughs> if Ooh, if, actually, if, if, if oh, Or until they moved. I was going to say... If they that, moved, they would that. have moved the desk and he would have gotten out.
0: Uh, yes. So, Woody's plan, I,
1: he, he, I don't think he thought that through.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. Assuming they, they brought the desk or the dresser with them, which, which they probably did. Yeah. Or with which they definitely did. Um, then, yeah. That's when they would have found Buzz. So, yeah. Woody's plan doesn't hold up, really that would only have been a temporary solution for him.
1: I mean, unless he was like he'll forget about Buzz and in the meantime he'll start playing with me. Yeah, but it's very short term. Hmm.
0: Maybe he should have tried to push him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a So we get of the
1: uh, from Pieces Planet, we get the Sid's house, and can I say that I don't know, I'm speaking for myself, but I think we're we on the same page. This part of the movie always scared me as a kid. Oh yeah, uh, Sid's house is a house of horrors. Um, and I feel like they they push the envelope pretty far for a g-rated movie. Yes, for, for as far as things like how th- scary things are, just the, the fact that all of Sid's toys are deformed uh the big one is the the doll whose head has been uh somehow attached to some sort of mechanical spider which we never really figure out what's up with that but just like if i don't know there's something so classic horror about uh this this part of the movie that it's uh just to see it in this kid's movie and almost like, I don't know, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but I'm willing to bet that this movie does horror better than, like, a large portion of, like, real horror movies. <laughs> like, like you know, it's not jump scares. It's like, oh, there's this little dog coming out of the dark. and he, he's, he's smiling and then he just comes out and it's this weird spider creature. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. With and he's missing an yeah. eye. It's got all his hair pulled out. And you're just like, oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah. And especially when you think, like, yes, they are uh, mismatched and mutilated toys. And that's because of Sid. Because mm-hmm. Sid is, like, Dr. Frankensteining all of his toys together into weird new combinations just because he wants to. And then just... Totally destroys others just for the fun of it. Yeah So yes, it's 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 horrific in the sense that Yes, these toys look really creepy and this whole setting is terrifying, but then it's also horrifying in the sense that Sid is purposely mutilating these now we know living beings and turning them into
1: monstrosities Right. Yeah, it's pretty dark yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... for, for for a movie that for the rest of it is pretty lighthearted. Yeah, well,
0: as as lighthearted as a jealous cowboy can be, right? And existential crises for for Buzz Lightyear,
1: mm-hmm. right? Uh, which leads us into Buzz finding out that he's not a real toy. No, he he's not a real toy. <laughs> he, he finds out he's been the Space Ranger all along, and uh, you know the blue fairy for Pinocchio says so <laughs> y- y- <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. I'd see that. I'd watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He finds out that he's not really a space Ranger, that he is in fact just a, an action figure because he is in Sid's house and he is in one of the, the rooms up there. And on the TV, he sees a commercial for the Buzz Lightyear action figure.
1: Does it make sense that like, out of all the things that's going to snap him out of it? Cause, that the commercial would be the thing that, I mean, I guess since it's, it's something with him in it, as opposed to just Woody telling him. And now the other toys are really going to really said anything to him about being a toy. It's just Woody who he knows doesn't like him.
0: Oh yeah. Before that, it's really only Woody telling him. And because Woody is obviously jealous of him and, um, you know, from, from Buzz's standpoint, does not understand the complexities of being a space ranger um no like Woody's not going to believe or uh, Buzz won't believe that uh Woody's a reliable um source of information and so it's not that the the TV is a reliable source it's just that it so quickly pokes apart every argument that Buzz would normally have it's like wait a second it says that that this is just a piece of plastic I can't actually communicate. wait a second it shows a thousand of me on a shelf. Wait a second. it specifically says I can't fly right so it, it, it rips apart every element of him that he believes makes him who he is mm-hmm. which is really depressing when you think about it. it's like if you you know go in thinking you are you know this this one type of person this one thing, and then, bit by bit, it takes apart every skill or every trait that you think you actually have, and be like, no, that's not real.
1: Like that is right. Well, and until like a lesser extent, uh, oh well, actually, it's sort of like the Matrix when you find out that you're living in a fake world. Sort of. The rows kind of remind me of the the, the pods in the Matrix.
0: It is sort of like that, but I, I, instead I of I, find out the world is fake. It's you're that fake,
1: right? Right. But I was I was going to think of like like a more real world uh, example would be like I don't know, you try out for like somebody. Oh, I got a g- g- great example. Uh, let's say like okay, you, somebody says you're always like a great singer. They always love hearing your voice. Then you decide to go to American Idol, and they just trash you. The judges completely. Simon Cowell says never sing again, go, you know, work at a, you know, uh, as a, you know, in a toll booth or something like that for the rest of your life.
0: That is a really good comparison. Um, and and I, I like the idea of the commercial being Buzz Lightyear's Simon Cal. Yeah. Yeah, but because of that, Buzz, like I mentioned earlier, he has that breakdown. And I don't know, do you... Do you think that that commercial is, is it convenient? Do you think it fits
1: No, I think it's, I mean, listen, when you're making a plot, everything's a little convenient because everything has to move it along. True. That's just the way stories work. Uh, I think it's good. And I think because in this movie, Andy doesn't have a TV in his room. I think he does in the second, but he doesn't in this one.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. So that, that makes
1: sense that he would not have seen it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. I, like, I specifically remember that he doesn't have a TV because I remember in the second movie he has a Super Nintendo on his TV. Oh, is it a Super Nintendo? Uh, Not the game he plays with, but but they play, but he has a Super Nintendo somewhere in his room, so he has a TV in that room.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know he's got TVs. They, they find Al's toy barn by yeah. looking at the TV.
1: Which is anyway. uh, which they mentioned on the uh, TV ad in this. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So laying the groundwork. It's all it's all part of the plan. hmm. So, yeah, uh, Buzz has his uh, epiphany and tries to fly defiantly saying, I'm going to fly anyway. And he tries to fly out the window, falls off the stairs and his arm pops out yeah and then sid's sister uh decides to have a tea party with him and now he's mrs nesbitt
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's one of my favorite parts of the movie um which is it's It's just
1: just because he he's so distraught that he believes it
0: right yeah he he becomes delusional and thinks that he is no longer buzz he is now mrs nesbitt having a tea party with the rest of hannah's toys that are Um, headless yes um it's it's so funny, but also dark and it, it's 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 so funny to see would he have to snap him out of it
1: mm-hmm. he he's um, he he doesn't he slap him with his own arm he does <laughs> he
0: does um yeah, they do some fun things with with his arm coming off just as a
1: all right he tries to tell thing. the other toys that buzzes with him by only using buzzes uh missing arm yes then he accidentally pulls it out and they they
0: <laughs> yeah yeah thinking about how the movie uses space it is really fun to think how not fun um it was i think a really good idea to have it just be the next door neighbor so that woody and buzz can literally see like Andy's room oh, yeah. from where so, they are. so
1: close but so far away.
0: Right, like if if they had just some other tool, like maybe they could make it over there. But at this point, it's just too far, and if they jumped, they would probably break, not make it.
1: Yeah, because um, Buzz fell into the bush the last time.
0: Right, and that's what saved him, but I don't think there's any bushes outside of um, Sid's, house. Sid's, Sid's yeah. house. So, yeah, if they try to get out, they're going to, Die. unless they they do something like they try to with christmas lights but um once the other toys find out that uh woody is just waving around Buzz's well
1: um dismembered I mean, arm that's let's be honest if we're talking about like real toys i think like woody like if we're talking about the durability of the like, an actual like ragdoll probably be okay if you dropped him out of window from that height um mm-hmm. you probably would break buzz because he has too many uh plastic parts That's true, that lock into place. His, like, head might come off or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we do know that Woody's not indestructible. Like, we do see him break in the second one, so.
1: Yeah, we, yeah. So, something could have happened. Right. Um, So, then Sid attaches Buzz to a rocket because, as we've not explained before... Uh, Sid, who I'm not sure how old He's supposed to be older than Andy I'm assuming he's probably like 14 or something like that
0: I I don't know if they ever say how old he is Uh,
1: He's old enough that he goes to Pizza Planet seemingly unsupervised
0: (laughs) He's old enough that he's able to buy an explosive out of a magazine
1: Right But he's not old enough to Pop-Tart To toast his own (laughs) Pop-Tarts No (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh sid yeah Yeah, so that's Sid. um yeah he has bought a a little is it supposed to be a firework right
1: uh i guess it's not like it doesn't seem like a model rocket that like i mean those rockets aren't supposed to explode right
0: and it's definitely supposed to explode
1: yeah well that's why he bought it right the the kid literally has a sticker in his room that says I love explosives
0: <laughs> Sid is not one for subtlety
1: yeah, um, yeah he, he straps Buzz they have Buzz to, to that rescue rocket. Buzz Woody devises a plan with the toys that he turns out are actually friendly um, and when it seemed like they were eating that was their perception of some of Hannah's toys they're actually just fixing them
0: Right, so all the toys that Sid had mutilated and stitched back together in different forms—they were trying to fix. Right, and they're so, not cannibals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love when when would you call them cannibals. That's, um,
1: that's cool. So, I don't know I, I thought this part where they rescue Buzz was always really exciting, but also again, it creeped me out when they have like the soldiers coming out of the water or the mud. Hmm. And Woody's head spins around and he talks without his mouth moving.
0: Yeah. That part is very creepy. It's a really and good plan just, though. Like, just it, t-
1: yeah. Um, he does break the rules though. They mentioned they're going to have to break a couple of rules. You're not supposed right. to talk to people.
0: Right. But he, he talks very clearly to Sid telling him that we toys are alive and we're tired of you. Um, abusing us. So mm-hmm. you better stop because we're watching you.
1: Right. Uh, and now everyone's gonna think that Sid is crazy.
0: Yeah. Because after that, he goes running into his house and he's trying to tell Hannah that the toys are alive and Hannah just uses her doll too.
1: And that's supposed to be, uh, be kind of like the ultimate, like, like payback is like now all the, the things that he has, tormented are now going to torment him right it's supposed to be like poetic justice and it
0: is um and also the fact that for so long he has um taken hannah's things and and use them to to make these these dark twisted versions of her things like now like hannah's the one with all the power
1: right uh and now buzz and woody have to reach to the moving van and uh they're going to need a little help from the other toys who they have to convince Buzz is alive. Cause they don't want to deal with Woody. And, <laughs> and, and then, Buzz, yeah. then like uh, any, any good movie has a chase scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the stuff has been loaded into the moving van from guys. You got,
1: uh, Buzz and Woody chasing, the moving van and Sid's dog Scud. It's a good name for a dog. I was like, can
0: we just talk about how terrible a name that is for a dog?
1: Well, I remember in Christmas vacation. The dog's name is Snot. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, I and it was like, that care. dog like slobbered all the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. But Scud, the dog is chasing mm-hmm. uh, Woody
1: and Buzz. And it's really exciting. Actually. I th- I feel like uh, for a movie that doesn't honestly have that much action, it's a really well like put together sequence.
0: Yeah. And thinking about how I mentioned earlier that the, the scale of this movie is mostly smaller than it's, um, than the sequels. This is the one time when it is almost at like the height of its scale. Because you have the, the toys, um, Buzz and Woody, like, riding through the street, dashing in between cars um, with a rocket on on uh, Buzz's back. And you have the toys, um, Andy's toys, in the back of the moving van, like, watching them and trying to to help them. Or, in Woody's case, throw him back out because they don't trust him. Um, and so this is probably one of the times that they have the most direct impact on people because –
1: they, like they it a traffic so jam. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: yeah. It, I, it's not that they don't necessarily break the rule of don't let humans know you're alive, but they definitely cause them havoc.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then that rocket, uh, they, they have to light it just so that they can catch up because they couldn't get it off of Buzz's back.
0: Right. And so Woody... Uh, Remembered the uh, the trick he learned earlier about uh, lighting the match, and then he realized that he could just use a uh, Buzz's helmet <laughs> to light it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is fun callbacks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, Woody. Lights the the rocket um, and then realizes <laughs> maybe a little too late that <laughs> the rocket is going to explode.
1: Yep, and Buzz. Apparently, they never tried it before, but his wings cut the tape.
0: Yeah, so yeah, they were up in the air with the the rocket, and yeah, Buzz opens up his wings, breaks the tape, they're released from it. Um, and they avoid the explosion, and then, calling back to uh, the claim earlier that Buzz couldn't fly, he's able to a uh, fallwood style his way back to the moving van with Woody,
1: mm-hmm. um, which is just, you
0: know, once again very poetic and um, good to to see how their relationship has changed from from Woody. Trying to uh, doubt Buzz and and pull him apart, and trying to make him doubt himself. To um, to Woody, then going and saying Buzz's famous um, "Infinity and Beyond"
1: catchphrase. Yeah, uh, so that they can make it back to Andy's van, so they can listen to the rest of the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that. That always does get me. I forget about
1: that. Right. Um, and that's basically it. They turn out that they're friends. It's Christmas. Um, they're listening for more toys to be announced. Um, Buzz, Woody says, what could be worse than Buzz? Jokingly, like Buzz is nervous now. Then it turns out that Andy gets a puppy.
0: <laughs> to which they both laugh and look at each other nervously.
1: Yeah. And that's it. I mean if you've seen the movie recently you're like, Yeah, okay, that's it. But if you haven't seen a while be like, Oh yeah, that's what that movie was about. Yeah. And it it breezes by it's only it's eighty one minutes. Yeah, yeah. This is a short movie. And I think the reason is is because of the animation. Um they animated movies in general, uh um because you have to do it like frame well i guess it's it, computer animation is different but normal animation you have to you know you know do each pose frame by frame so they that they always keep it like 30 minute or 90 minutes like max um because it just it takes that long mm. uh but yeah uh That was the story. Uh, Anything about the script in particular? um, I think we were talking about before we started, uh, there were several people who worked on this movie's script. Um, Most surprisingly, um, was Joss Whedon of uh, Buffy the Vampire and Avengers fame. Yeah, I... Remember finding that out a few years ago, and I was really surprised. But like, but like, looking at it now, like it makes total sense. Um, because one of the things that makes this movie work, and I think still makes it entertaining as an adult, is the dialogue, and that's what he's really known for.
0: Yeah, and
1: just reading now, it
0: looked like Joss Whedon came in late. Oh, okay one of the latest additions to to write the script.
1: But that being said, um, at least in the movie, he's credited first when they, uh, in the uh, opening credits.
0: Hmm. Well, he made some pretty big changes. Apparently it was his idea to make um, Buzz be not aware that he's actually a toy.
1: Oh, and I mean, that's a huge part of the movie. Yeah. So yeah,
0: we can, we can thank Joss Whedon for that. Uh, Although I know Joss Whedon has been a, Right in he, the news recently for some less right, uh, right favorable things. True,
1: yeah, but I mean, so I mean, never going to deny he's a talented guy, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Is, there there is just things about this movie that are so still so funny. Um, just the way the um, you you got the characters that like you have Rex, who's like a neurotic. Uh, T-Rex, mm-hmm. who's, like, afraid he's not scary enough. You, you you got uh Mr. Potato Head, who launches insults, who was probably why they cast Don Rickles, who's, like, known as the king of insult comedy. <laughs> and then you have... And just, like, everything that Woody says is just, like, so sarcastic to Buzz, but it's just so, like... It's, it's 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 like wonderfully funny when like things go over Buzz's head and Woody will just say things
0: yeah and I, I know I mentioned earlier that Woody is a jerk in the movie and he is um, and I think the only reason or one, the biggest reason that Woody doesn't become totally unlikable is because of Tom Hanks um, ooh,
1: and his performance ooh, Okay. Now, that that's an interesting point, because uh, I did want to, of course, talk about Tom Hanks. Uh, uh, so there was a when they were working on this movie, because I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes after I watched this yesterday. Mm-hmm. They had a version, an original version of this movie where Woody was even meaner. Oh, wow. And it's they showed it to like the Disney people. And it was Awful. They were like, it was so bad. They're like, we don't know if we can do the movie because it's that bad. Oof. Um, and they showed a sequence of it, and it's like, Woody is in this. Like, you you get that he's, and I think that it is a credit to the rewrite that they make him still like you sympathize with him because you see deal with his what his life was before Buzz. And he seems like a nice person beforehand. It's just his his entire world has changed. But in this, he's like instead of accidentally pushing Buzz out of the window, he just straight straight up throws him out the window. Oh god! He's okay. Th- he, yeah, he just like grabs his arm and throws him out. Um, and then um, all the co- toys accuse him of throwing him out the window. Um, And he denies it. you know, he asks Slinky to back him up. And, you know, Slinky's like, I don't know. It seems like, cause Slinky's like his, his best friend. And he's like, uh, I don't know. You know, it seems like the other guys are right about this. And then he goes in this huge tirade about how, like, Slinky isn't there to think. He's there to do what, what he tells him to do. And it's just so nasty and then the instead of uh Andy picking Woody up the toys are like we're going to throw Woody out the window oh yeah so yeah um you should definitely check if it's out loud because I know you mentioned t- Tom Hanks but he actually voices the segment and he is like as mean as you've ever heard Tom Hanks ever be oh yeah Scary Tom Hanks. Yeah. But that being said, I want to transition to I think um man, Tom Hanks as Woody like I don't know if he did any voice work before this, but like he is like everything that you would possibly want in somebody doing a voice performance. Like there's there's no lack of energy. Like he he gives it like 100% 110% each time as if, you know, it was him right in front of the camera yeah this was tom hanks first animated and 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 it's like i it's so hard to believe cuz for some people i think they just can't do it and i mean I, tom hanks had already won 2 oscars at this point back to back uh so uh yeah i, I mean his performance is so energetic and so you know, warm when it needs to be, so sarcastic. Um, I just think it's absolutely he. For me, he makes the movie. Um, it, nobody could have done Woody but Tom Hanks.
0: Yeah, and I read that they cast him because of that, um, because they saw him in um, A League of Their Own.
1: Oh yes, yes, and that that uh, that is, it's just he's so nasty in that movie. um. But um, in this, he's a little, you know, he has the niceness in him. Normally it's just things when things don't go right for him. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say about Tom Hanks has not already been said uh, uh,
1: Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is, you know, an American institution. We, you know, I, I, I this is basically there are like movies and then there are Tom Hanks movies.
0: We, we do not deserve Tom Hanks. Yeah, the world does not deserve Tom Hanks.
1: So yeah. yeah, he
0: he he owns this film, and I will say one one of the things that always or that that surprised me growing up was learning how much of a a heavy hitting actor Tom Hanks was, and how relatively speaking, Tim Allen was not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I I feel the same way. Um Cause I always feel like oh,
0: like those two are there the dynamic duo are like they both must be like so well known and and so beloved. It's like well, Tom Hanks is and it's like Tim Allen eh, he's not like a few things that people like Tom but Hanks not really is,
1: or no. Tim Allen was always more of a TV actor. Mm. Who had a couple big movies. Like besides besides this and the Santa Claus he didn't have all that many hits at the box office.
0: Yeah, really that's it. Everything else I remember seeing him in was pretty lackluster. The exception maybe being Galaxy Quest, but even that is not one of my favorites.
1: I mean, right. it's fun. Right, yeah. Um but that being said, um I think and 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 I think actually usually Tom Hanks will play a nice guy but he can show he's really good at being a mean uh a mean character. I feel like that's being the sarcastic character. There's a lot of similarities between Woody and this and Scott Calvin in the Santa Claus who Tom uh Tim Allen plays. Just like wow. sarcastic comments, like n- doesn't like take anything seriously. I
0: had not thought about that, but I think that is a good
1: comparison. And like I I I think Tim Tim Allen is, you know, in this, I don't know how to describe Buzz's performance. It's just like so self self-serious. You know, he's the complete opposite. He takes everything at face value as serious. You know, if if he doesn't Fix his ship, then Zerg is going to destroy the galaxy mm. um, but now I think i i he has does a really good performance. I think everybody in this movie uh does a good job uh even the small roles uh who is is it Laurie Medcalf Is that the one who plays Andy's mom? Yes. Yeah, she does a really good job, even though she's not in it for a lot.
0: Yeah, no, she, she does a fantastic job in it. Um, and then you have John Ratzenberger as Ham, who uh, John Ratzenberger is in every Pixar movie. Like, you definitely will recognize Oh, is recognize he really in everyone? He's in almost everyone, if not all of them. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, he's the only actor to appear in every Pixar movie.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned uh, Wallace Shawn as Rex
1: yeah Wallace Shawn who's appeared in other things famous for being in The Princess Bride I mean yeah. has like the most distinct voice ever you would never mistake him for anybody else
0: yeah <laughs> and I think it, it's amazing that it does have such a, a strong cast because I'd say that Other than than Tom Hanks, not many of these other actors, I would say, were particularly, like, not, like, heavy hitters. Right, Um, no, I
1: mean, people would know Laurie Metcalf and Tim Allen from Roseanne and Home Improvement, but and they would know Don Rickles from his stand-up, but, like, they wouldn't really know them as actors. Right, whereas if you
0: think of animated films now, and just animation in general, like you either can have films that are dominated by well-known live action actors um, where like anyone with name recognition, they will throw in, even if they're not particularly well suited for voice acting. Um, or you have those um, animated movies that are specifically told and, and made with um, voice actors who just that's really all they do. Like that's their bread and butter. Like they are voice actors at heart. Um, and this is somewhere in between. Um, like all of these actors, you know, are really good in their own right, but they also do fantastic work in an animated movie, which was, uh, um, as we mentioned earlier, the first uh, animated or uh, CG um, animated. Feature, yeah. Movie.
1: Feature length movie.
0: Yeah. um And so that's, that's a, a big ask. And um, I was reading one thing that helped, Make it um, work so well in terms of their performances was that um, Hanks and Alan recorded together,
1: oh yeah, you see I'm not an expert. it sounds like a lot of times though that seems to be the way to go though, from what I've heard whenever I hear
0: of a really good uh like a duo performance in a, a movie like this, it almost always has them recording together. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's not always feasible, and I know. Sometimes that can be challenging with schedules, but it, it seems to pay off most of the time.
1: Right. Um, I will. Um, before we get into the animation a little bit, I just want to say, I, I've heard people say that this is a plot hole to the movie. I wanted your take on it. I'm listening. So they say the fact that buzz doesn't walk and talk and like introduce himself to Andy and like interact with the people and like pretends to be a toy like all the other toys throughout the movie is a plot hole because if he thought he was a real space ranger, he wouldn't have any reservations about interacting with people.
0: Okay. So buzz. So buzz would have talked to Andy. if
1: Buzz would have been like, you're the leader of this, uh, you know, planet or whatever. And, or or just, like, he, he wouldn't pretend to be a toy because he doesn't think he's a toy. Hmm. I don't know if I would call that a plot hole. It does... I mean, I don't know if... ...complicate the, things? I, I would say, like, maybe he's, like... He, he he mentions, like, oh, learning about your culture and stuff like that. So it's like he does what they do. You know, when in Rome, or whatever. Right yeah i mean that could have easily I mean, been solved you, you, by a, by yeah like, by a line or something would be like well why does he do it when he's with sid it's like well who knows i mean i i will admit that is an interesting question and i feel like even the best written of movies you can usually find like one or two things to be like well what if they did that yeah like like people i was just reading something on the other day, that said, like, oh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, like Indiana Jones has like no bearing on the plot. Like, the it's all about the the bad guys opening the ark, and if him doing he didn't do anything to cause that, yeah. But that's a different movie, and
0: yeah, and I don't know. I I feel like I think there's something about looking for plot holes that. It's more nitpicky than anything. Um, that just gives people like a sense of, hey, look, I, your movie's not that great after all. Um, which, I don't know. I feel like is kind of mean-spirited, not the reason to watch a movie.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think they could have put in a throwaway line and it could have been explained. But I don't think... Uh, you're not going to derail the movie. Um, But going a little bit in... I feel silly because this is one of those times where we're gonna actually because this movie is so short that this podcast is actually gonna be longer than the movie at this point.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if you're gonna notice that.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh but um as far as the animation goes, I, I dunno. I feel like of all the movies we've talked about, this one deserves it. To like oh, to, 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 to go, go over? to go over. Okay. I can I can agree with that. I mean I, I don't want to hit the two hour mark. I mean if we're getting cl- we won't. But. <laughs> they can always pause and come back to it later
0: if if we go through. That's too long.
1: true. That's true.
0: Uh yeah, this is the point to pause and get the bathroom break everyone. Right. We'll wait. Okay, we're back.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> uh but um as far animation. as the animation uh goes you you are the opinion that it's for the most part has aged well i mean it's it's
0: aged well enough that you can tell what everything is and it's not super distracting i think the problem is that if you look at it individually you can say it's aged okay but when you look at it as in comparison to the next three Toy Story movies, there's a big jump between this and Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah, and
1: and it was only uh, four years, right?
0: Yeah, four years. Um, Yeah, so the the, the last three movies, even though they came out in 99, uh, 2010, 2010, 2019, they all look much more similar even though there's only a a four year gap between ninety five and ninety nine for Toy Stories one and two, right? right. Um, so in in just how it looks compared to the rest of the films is jarring. Um,
1: I think mainly I, uh, is the the real people mm-hmm. or the 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 human characters don't look that great now. I think some of them I think it's just like they don't seem to get like the shape of the face right or something about it.
0: Well they, they go out of
1: their way to not, not Yeah. To not show most of the humans. I, I think that it wasn't something they had really perfected yet. Um which yeah, is why they, they didn't. Um I think it kinda works to Sid because you want him to not look like you want him to have you know, the braces and the sort of like crooked teeth and like the buzz cut and stuff like that. You don't want him. you want him to look like a nasty person, but I think with Andy, he sort of has like a, like a squished in face. A <laughs> um, I, I, enough that like, I remember when toy story four came out and people were, uh, watching the intro. Cause there's like a flashback scene where he's playing with Woody. Mm-hmm. People were like, is that supposed to be Andy? That's a different kid, right? Because that doesn't look like Andy. Because they like, like completely like redesigned what young Andy was supposed to look like to make him look more visually appealing.
0: Well, yeah, they, they had to.
1: They had to. Um, I, I
0: thought you were going to mention people who um, who were attracted to grown-up Andy.
1: <laughs> no, I think I've heard about that too, but...
0: But I, I do want to say that I and I, I could be wrong, but I think the reason that they made this the first uh, full length feature um, and then went to, to Bugs Life after this and then Toy Story again um, is because they had such a hard time animating humans.
1: Right. Start- I think that um, out of everything that computer graphics can simulate, I think plastic, it does really well. <laughs> yeah. And so there was like, nobody's going to complain like, oh, this looks too plastically. It's like, no, that's the point. It's supposed to look like plastic. Um, as I, I I think I heard somewhere that like every time they made a, um, a Pixar movie, they always try to have an animation challenge. So for like, for finding Nemo it was water. I think for brave, it was Merida. I think that's what character's name, her hair. Mm. Like, it's they've always like been trying to like push the technology further and i think we forget so you and i this was the first movie we ever saw in theaters if we had saw we might have seen some other movies on tv when we were younger animated movies i don't know but like for us like we didn't know essentially didn't know a world before toy story Mm -hmm. but i I'd be really interested to talk to to somebody. Um, like, I think I talked to our mom a little bit, and she said like the one of the reasons she wanted to see it because it seemed different because of the animation. Uh, but like, really talk to somebody like there's sort of like a be there before Toy Story and after Toy Story as far as like nobody had done anything like this before, as far as computer animation went, like. It didn't really start until like the the eighties. Um, there was like an offshoot of Lucasfilm, um, and then they they did. Uh, there was this movie called Young Sherlock Holmes where they did like this character fights like a a stained glass figure like jumps out of the window, and like they fight it. It's just, like a sword fight. It was like the first like fully formed like CG figure in a movie. And then Steve Jobs bought that company and becomes Pixar.
0: Okay, I was always unclear about how Steve Jobs. Yeah, he he
1: bought it. it, he bought the company. Um and then like um until it's Toy Story, they did like a bunch of uh commercials and short movies, short films. So like f- but then like you look at the 90s, and that's when, like, not just computer graphics, but just computers in general blew up. I mean, you have, um, like Terminator 2, you have the T 1000 fully, you know, realized CG character, you have Jurassic Park, you have this movie where the point where they've gone from making individual characters out of computer graphics to, um, the entire movie is computer animated. Mm. And then it just goes on from there you have you know movies like uh um uh Star Wars Episode 1 where Jar Jar is completely CGI. Um yeah, movies like The Matrix and stuff like that. So it's just like it just like I don't wanna say like you these darn kids take things for granted now, but it's just like <laughs> like they they don't ha- and we even we really don't have the perspective of like like the technology was just changing at such a massive rate now that like the jump seemed that big, like there was a before toy story and an after toy story or like. When video games went from 2D to 3D, and you could play as Mario and you could go in 360 degrees, it's like that blew people's minds. Now you know, PlayStation comes out and like it's not as big a difference from the. It's just like it, it was just a. It just must have been a crazy time, and that's when like the internet blew up too. So it's just, it must have been a crazy time right. as far as living with computers.
0: Yeah, just the exponential advancements it, in technology.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. that's why this movie won a uh, an Oscar, a special Oscar, for uh, its achievement as the first feature-length computer-animated movie. Because nobody had done that before.
0: Which is it saying something. I guess if they
1: I mean like if you think it like of it now like like Oscar for it. Um like to see it go from nobody's ever done it before to it's now the standard for right, feature length move uh, feature length animation is to be computer animated.
0: Right. That hand drawn 2D animation is no longer in vogue or it's just not as common
1: yeah it's just not it's like it it went from unthinkable to like like we couldn't imagine life without it Mm. i know and it's just it's sort of interesting to see like when you watch like the history of animation you see and just like computers you see like the same people pop up again and again so like with this with computers, it was like, oh, George Lucas was a part of this. And then he made, you know, and he, you know, revolutionized special effects with Star Wars. Later, you know, you know, made the group that became Pixar. L- you know, later did stuff, you know, with the Star Wars prequels. Oh, Steve Jobs, you know, bought the company. You know, later, you know, revolutionized computers even more. To like Because, like, honestly, like... What was going on with Pixar? Like, I don't think there's probably been as big a jump in technology until like something like the i iPod or the iPhone, where it just changed everything. Yeah. So uh,
0: those dank kids need to be grateful for their TikToks and whatnot. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I I, was, just, I, I, really, just reading... I really enjoy looking at the history of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, or if you look like Jeffrey Katzenberg, who did the Lion King, you know, was producer of Disney animation, went on to make Shrek, and is, you know, heads DreamWorks, you know, animation now. It's less like, mm. it's it's all kind of connected one way or another. Right.
0: And you mentioned the, the special achievement award it won from the uh, Academy Awards. And there's only been, um, like 20 or so of those given out, um, and they haven't—they started giving out giving them out in um, 1972. And uh, going to your point of how it's always kind of related to similar people. Um, before that, some of the names that are, have been attached to those awards have been, or some of the movies attached to those awards have been Star Wars, yeah. Empire, Raiders, Return of the Jedi. Uh, so yeah. And then this is the the most recent of those um, special awards, except for a, a film from 2017 called Flesh and Sand, um, which had something to do with virtual reality. I'm not familiar with that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and when I, I I mentioned James Cameron earlier, and like, I don't know if he won won anything for Avatar, but like, it's it's like it's it's this small group of people that are really pushing the technology forward. I mean, I guess that that's that's being a little too, you know, shrinking, you know, because thousands of people work on these movies and uh, right. their individual contributions really should be paid attention to as well.
0: Oh, for sure. I was watching. Um, I can't, it might have been Lord of the Rings the other day. Um, and just I was astounded to see how long the the list was of the people that worked in the um special effects department
1: right yeah and um it used to be that movies credits weren't didn't go over uh even if it looked like the original star wars like the credits for that movie don't go over like five minutes Mm. um but now like you've got the credits go over 10 minutes and stuff like that right
0: so yeah even though there are a few usual suspects attached to these properties and these achievements. Um, yeah, definitely don't want to gloss over the hundreds and thousands of people that put so much time and energy into making sure that every little detail in these animated films um, looks as, as good as it possibly can. Um, and it's it's amazing how much of a collaborative effort it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, it still kind of boggles my mind. Even like this, or like a video game, or just anything that, like, one person is working on one piece of a project and somebody's working on another, and those pieces have to be put together to make the whole of something. Right. Like, like, like.
0: Like, everyone designing their individual puzzle piece, but then having to come together at the end to form a fully realized picture. Like,
1: maybe this one person designs the water, and maybe this person works on the character models or something like that. Those all have to come together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you
1: had that with... um with traditional animation where you would have like people with like, these are the storyboard artists. These are the people that ink, you know, but it's just, it's grown to such a huge amount. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: it, it's amazing. And I think that's one of the things that, that, that makes this movie so important, not just as a, just a, like a, a really, really good movie on its own, but also as a historical uh, landmark in in filmmaking.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I know you wanted to mention the music and the songs. We talked about that before we started. Yeah, I, I don't want to to spend too much time. We, on we have Randy Newman who did the songs and the music for this movie.
0: Yes, and. I I don't want to, to say too much about that. Other than that, I think they add so much to this and that it's... I I'd like that they are not sung by any of the characters, um, but it is uh, non-diegetic. Yeah. Um, so that you have Randy Newman just singing. And even though uh, he's not necessarily voicing their thoughts or their feelings, like he's capturing... Um, What's going on, and he's capturing Woody's frustration with how everything's changing. He's capturing um, um, Buzz's heartbreak at realizing that he's not really a space ranger. I think that the songs are just really well done, and all of them are very memorable.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, especially, You Got a Friend of Me is definitely the the
1: yeah oh but Um, but like uh strange things whatever that that mm -hmm. move that song slaps okay (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i can't believe you just said that
0: (laughs) um i mean you're not wrong but i can't believe you said that (laughs) um yeah that that is a real good one and even um Oh, the, the one that I mentioned when, when Buzz jumps out, yeah. uh, jumps off the, the stairs, um, I Will Go Sailing No More. Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. All Though I so I did good. think that one was kind of strange because it seemed like it had a, both like a boat metaphor and a, and a flying metaphor. It seemed kind of a little confusing. It, it had some mixed metaphors going on. Um, Unless I meant like it. sailing in the sky. I don't know. Or like you know or like wind in your sails, so you need You know, what? it set the mood. I don't I don't care if it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I will say Randy Newman has a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. It kinda sounds like he has like taffy in his mouth when he's singing.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
1: But no, I can't imagine anybody else singing the songs. And I gotta say the score is really uh enjoyable also and very memorable. Mm-hmm. I mean like at the end when they're flying uh it just chills every time when the when he, they they stri- uh, uh they fly over the the cars at the end
0: yeah there's it's so uplifting um and I
1: I don't remember I and mean, I just I, I love I don't know I just I, whenever a movie can get me into that good of a mood like that
0: yeah i feel like there's I, one ride like Toy story ride um at disney world there's a land like where you come out and it plays that music and i know it's like i think it's the buzz it might be
1: the buzz no yeah i don't know i thought it was a buzz Lightyear one but now i'm not sure
0: but there's there's some place where they play that at disney world and i know it all be just kind of like brings me like so much joy and yeah. just, I feel like I just want to start like running around without any idea where I'm going. Yeah.
1: It's like, it's, it's sort of like your own personal, like Rocky music. It's yeah. yeah. And I think it just, it's like those strings or whatever that it's really uplifting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For, for a movie that, you know, we've obviously spent so much time talking about how it's groundbreaking and it's, so well-known for its visuals, I think the the music um, and the soundtrack um, carries it along, uh, um, and that it's by no means, um, you know, a lesser part of the movie. Like, it, it matches the quality, even if it's not technically as original. Right.
1: Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I like movies that have that big, like, Music swells, you know. Audience is in awe. Uh, moment. Not every movie has it. I mean, you gotta earn it. But this movie definitely does.
0: Yeah, you gotta earn it unless you're John Williams, in which case you're just given a blank check and you just go for it.
1: Right. Um, and as far as uh, Oscars, the score was uh, something that was nominated along with the screenplay, which had never happened for an animated movie before very well-deserved nominations, I'd say. Um, and I think best song was also a nomination. Um, yes. For, what was it? You got a friend of me. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think best song that year was colors of the wind. Uh, yes, you're right. Okay. I mean, to be honest, colors of the wind is the better song, so it should have won, but still, uh, Yeah. I mean I would argue you even have Tom Hanks nominated for best actor in this movie. I mean he was so he, I, I that might sound a little hyperbolic but I think he was that good.
0: I I I mean I'd have to see what else was nominated or else was nominated for that year but yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Has has a an
1: actor or an actress gotten nominated for for, for voice a voice actor? role? I don't yeah. think so. So like that that in itself would be huge and 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 um maybe that we just weren't ready for that yet but I feel like we definitely are now. Yeah. I uh, feel like that needs to become cause, its cause, own
0: category then.
1: Uh, see I I have mixed feelings of whether I feel like it needs to be its own category because I feel like acting is acting. Yeah. You know Like because so many people wanted uh, Andy Serkis when he for uh, Gollum in the Lord of the Rings to get nominated. Yeah, but it's yeah, I, 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 I'm hopeful that someday and not probably hopefully not too far from now, somebody for a voice role or motion capture role will get nominated for some sort of award by the Academy.
0: I don't know if the rock wasn't nominated for being Maui. I don't know who will.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: Um, Well, we have definitely gone over the, uh, right. The, the runtime of the movie. So, uh, I I know you don't typically like to go too far over, but is there anything else you wanted to say about toy story before we wrap this up with a bow?
1: Uh, I just, um, any thoughts about this movie where it takes the franchise, uh, I don't know I don't know if you want to risk getting called out if you rank them wrong or something like that. <laughs> I
0: I don't think there's a wrong ranking of these movies. They're all so beloved. Um I mean, I think Toy Story is a franchise is one of the most critically acclaimed and financially successful um franchises and series of all time right yeah this and, movie
1: was like number two for the entire year uh, at the box office yeah
0: and apparently it holds a, a rare 100 rating on Rotten tomatoes right so i mean this th- this series is is so beloved and i think for good reason um it not only did this launch the the incredible series but it, it launched pixar really um because i mean if if somehow this movie flopped like Think of all of the other classics we would not get from Pixar, right? Um, and that would be
1: we would not so have sad. gotten Cars too, and that's a sad world to live in. Okay,
0: okay, you named like the one, <laughs> the one low point, um, but otherwise, yeah, they've they've been so consistent. Um, it's so hard to rank these. Um, I will say that for me. This is probably, hmm, this is hard. I'm going to put Toy Story 3 above this one in terms of story and then this one, then Toy Story 2, and then Toy Story 4 at the bottom. But that's they're all really close and it's kind of hard and that changes on a whim. So if you ask me that in an hour, it might be different.
1: Right. I would probably just go in the order that the movies were released, but so one at the top and four, not saying that I dislike four, cause I like four though. We could definitely debate, you know, whether or not four, you know, needed to be a movie or not. This isn't really a, a podcast about four. Um, I will say about three that it is very impact since this was the first movie. Um, the first one was the first movie that you and I saw in theaters. Three was very impactful. Um, and I think it just was a coincidence that, you know, that movie was about Andy going to college. And that was the summer before both of us went to college. So it hit just that much more.
0: I don't think that was coincidental. I think that was very uh, intentional.
1: I don't know, Maybe. I don't know how long Toy Story 3 was on the back burner for. Or they always intended or at some point intended for it to be sort of like a send off kind of movie but yeah um yeah like i said um i i think it, i would go in chronological order with the first being the best but that that's just it, they are so they're all such good movies um
0: yeah i can't fault you for that ranking i like i said if, if you ask me and like an hour I I might tell you the same thing Mm -hmm. so
1: I mean you were asking me about my final thoughts it's just like it's always especially since we come near the end of the year it's always a joy to watch like a truly great movie because we had our ups and downs this year as far as movies that we chose to watch it was mostly because convenience Uh, there's some movies that are good but aren't anywhere I think like as great as this movie like I like Shutter Island, especially rewatching it again. Or I like uh... Road El Dorado. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I was going to think of. But like those movies aren't like they're the something like Toy Story is just like at another level. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it just it's 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 nice to watch like a really great movie like after this movie was on like aquaman was on tv and I okay i gave that a pretty favorable review but like whereas like one movie feels like kind of feel like a corporate quote of like okay well now we need to do the aquaman movie and it's like okay it has some good action like like this one you could just see you feel the inspiration for this you know movie like just brimming out of it mm mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it's not like a cash grab for like nostalgia or something like that. It's not, you know, part of some, you know, oh, well, we got to plan out all our, you know, dark universe sequels that advance and stuff like that for the, <laughs> if anybody didn't get that reference, that's a reference to the mummy from Tom Cruise with Tom Cruise. Um, it's like, it's just it's like a pure creativity. Yeah. And I feel like as far as, uh, rewatching movies like this and like babe, like really brought me back and reminds me why I like really, why I love watching movies. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's a, it's a special movie, I think not just for us, but for a lot of people. And so I'm really glad that the, um, the anniversary felt the way it did. So we had a chance to talk about it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I don't think, I think you kind of summed it up. I don't think I have anything to top that. So uh, you want to just wrap this up and say where people can find you online, Aaron?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm at Aaron Sarnecki on uh, Twitter. Uh, I mostly just post my reviews uh, there. I should have at least one more review. Uh, written review for this year. Um, So keep a lookout for that. And what about you? Uh, People
0: can find me at Josh Sarnecki on Twitter. Um, Haven't posted too much there recently, but if you want to find more work from both Anna and I, you can go to the pop break um, where you can find the latest movie and TV news, reviews, interviews, as well as the latest on comic books, video games, and music. Um, if you found this podcast, you've also found um, our podcast feed. And so there are um, currently two separate places to find Pop Break material via podcast. There is the um, the TV universe of the Pop Break, and then there is the BreakCast. So you can find um, plenty of awesome content at either of those. Um, and make sure to listen to any of our um, sister podcasts out there. I know we've got some really fun ones coming out. There's some new ones that just started. um, So definitely give those a listen and we will uh, hopefully be back soon with another episode of this. Um, You should have recently heard our episodes about um, Superman two. And then in our recent TV podcast, we talked about young justice. Um, So we will uh, be back soon enough. I'm not entirely sure what Aaron you have in store for us, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, me too. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, remember, you've got a friend in me.